What if you could live your life judgment-free? Are you ready to live the unapologetic, confident life God designed for you? Then this is the place to be. Welcome to the Bold, Brave, and Sassy Show. It's time to break free of physical, spiritual, and heart-centered challenges that have held you back for way too long. Listen in for fun and powerful tips and tools to help you break free today. Hear from our leading experts, along with me, Annie Berryhill, your host and personal guide to freedom. Now it's time to live like no one's judging. Let's go. Hey, everybody, this is Annie Berryhill, and welcome to the Bold, Brave, and Sassy Show. I am very happy that you are here today, that you've joined me today. I have a really special guest, someone that I have admired for a while, and, and just am so impressed with the way that she conducts her life. She's a mom. She's devoted to her husband. She is a fire starter. She just gets people going with her enthusiastic optimism. And so today I want to introduce you to Felicia Slattery. She is actually an internationally acclaimed award-winning speaker, and she's a communication consultant with tons of happy clients in all countries, so she spreads her joy and light all over the world. She's also a best-selling author of four books, and it's been translated into multiple languages, selling over 12,000 copies. Now, one thing I think that you'll appreciate One reader commented in an online review that Felicia's buoyant joy is infectious and her faith is an inspiration. She's also a cancer survivor, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, which she says is a true miracle. And of course, if you survive cancer, it's a miracle. And she has shared her faith freely on social media and on stages from coast to coast. And I want to say hello to my friend Felicia. Welcome to the show today. Hi, Annie. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited we could finally get this together. You are a high in high demand speaker and person in general. I know you're helping your husband get his business off the ground too. So (laughs) it's been busy around here. (laughs) Right? You want something done? Give it to a busy person. That's right. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we talked a little bit before we started about what this show is all about. And I really when I very first started making my list of people, that would be my you know, who I could get on this show to talk to and interview and share with my audience, you were at the top of the list. So I am just so excited that we're here and we're able to do this. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about your journey because you've had, like most people who keep on living, you know, struggles and challenges and hurdles. And yet what you've been able to do through tenacity and confidence and really, I think, faith being the basis of it, has been just remarkable. And, you know, just like God in the Great Commission is go out there and do good for other people, right? And I think you're just such an example of that. So let's talk a little bit about your story. Let's let's start from the beginning a little bit. Okay, okay. Well, um, honestly, I started speaking when I was seven years old. And I, and it was in church and I got to read the word at my first Holy communion in front of thousands of people. It was a really big Catholic church. And, um, and all these people listened to little me and I was like, this is really cool. Mommy, I want to do this again. She was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so the rest of my life has literally been about getting in front of people, sharing either my message or, or reading the word. 
And I still to this day, am a lector at my church and love to do that. And so it, um, it, in my world, it, it shows up as me being a professional speaker and that just, you know, me being able to use the gifts that God has given me. So um, I went through high school and through college and uh, was a, on a speech team at the university and then um, had my girls and I started my business and they were one in three and that was in 2006. Wow. And then the part of the story I think you really want to get to is in 2012, I actually, um, I launched um, this book on leap year. And this book is called 21 Ways to Make Money Speaking. And it's a, it's a little book and it was part of a series that, uh, that the publisher was putting together at the time. And so we got the book together and, um, and we launched, like I said, on leap leap day. And it was fun. And uh, within a few weeks of that, though, I was hospitalized and I uh, for pneumonia. Now, prior to that, years prior to that, pretty much every time I would get some kind of a chest cold, it would land in pneumonia. Mm. But this time it was serious enough that I needed to be hospitalized. And that was the different part. So here I am two, three weeks before number one best-selling author in five categories and stayed there for weeks. And now I'm in the hospital with pneumonia. Hmm. I stayed there as long as I could. In fact, a, a, in fact, a day longer than the insurance regulations say you're supposed to stay in the hospital for pneumonia because you're supposed to be better by then. And um, they said, well, we got to send you home, but um, you know, your x-rays aren't fully resolved. So yeah. you know, we're going to keep monitoring you. So that's what happened is they continued to monitor me over months. Every week I went for an x-ray and then every two weeks and so forth. In June, they said, well, you know, it, it uh, got a little bit better, but we're still seeing some things that aren't quite right. So let's do a CAT scan. They did a CAT scan. It came back as inconclusive. Um, but my doctor said, you know, yeah, it says inconclusive, but you don't have any risk for any kind of cancer. You don't live in, you know, in asbestos, you're not, you're not radon, you're not a smoker, you don't live around smokers, you don't work around smokers, like you have no, you have literally zero risk factors for lung cancer and you're far too young. I was 40, 41, 42 at the time. And so um, he said, just, you know, go about your life and we'll, you know, we'll pick up again with x-rays toward the end of the summer and see how everything's gone. Well, honestly, I felt mostly fine, except when I would breathe really deeply, I would like, oh, there's something in there. Like I could feel it, something right in my, in my, my lung on the right side of my chest. But I mean, how often do you run around going, <gasps> right? Mm, <laughs> like, so, right. Uh, like I said, other than that, it was fine. We went about, you know, we went on a great vacation and, you know, went to the lake and went to the mountains and hiking and swimming and boating and everything that we would normally do in the summer. And then in August, I went in and um, the x-rays still hadn't gotten any better. And he said, all right, you know what? We're just going to do this test. And um, we're, it's, it's a surgery and it's called a... Uh, a flexible bronchoscopy. Basically what they do is they take a camera and they go down to see what they can see, mm -hmm. like physically see what's in there instead of using the imaging and that kind of thing. And sure enough, they found a mass. Ah. But my doctor could not get on the phone fast enough to call me like less than 24 hours later. Hey, the biopsy came back. It's negative. It's, you know, benign. You're fine, but there's still a mass. So you got to go see another doctor. So we set up the appointment for the other doctor. That was, that was a different surgery called a rigid bronchoscopy. They wow. still go down your throat, but they did something a little different, different tools. And after I came out of that surgery, the doctor said, well, it was bigger than we thought. 
So we took just as routine, we took another biopsy. We know you already had one, but we just take another one. I said, all right, um, he's you to come back again so that we can, you know, make, figure out what's going to happen next. Okay, fine. A few days passed and I didn't hear from that doctor. So I called and said, hey, um, you know, I'm just wondering what my test results are. And they said, well, we don't give test results over the phone. You're set up for your appointment on Friday and bring someone with you. Mm. I mean, at that point, they might as well just say whatever the bad news is because I know it's something, right? Exactly. So anyway, we went in, my husband and I went in on Friday and we heard the three words that nobody ever wants to hear, you have cancer. Mm. So I was diagnosed with lung cancer in the fall of 2012. So the cancer train, is, as I call it, is like day after day of blood tests and PET scans and um, MRIs and just like, again, test after test after test after test. They want to see, has it spread and, you know, to, to give it a stage and the whole thing. And so there's all this stuff involved. And then I interviewed multiple doctors and one doctor actually told me my, um, I had not so great chances of being alive in five years. What? Oh. Yeah. And so we didn't go back to him. <laughs> Um, and then I uh, ultimately settled on a thoracic surgeon and a thoracic surgeon is a, sometimes you'll hear cardiothoracic, that's heart and lungs. Thoracic is only lung because I wanted, I wanted an expert. I wanted like the person who knows the one organ, that's who I want. So we found the best expert we could. We had great insurance, so money was not an issue. Um, and so we, um, you know, we scheduled the surgery actually around my speaking. She said, can you do it October 3rd? I said, mm, can you do it the 4th? I'm speaking the 3rd. <laughs> so, Perfect. Um, so I was on stage on the 3rd. That night, I sent out an email. Now, remember, I was a best-selling author by this point. I'd been speaking for since 2006 professionally related to my business. Um, and I had about 30,000 people around the world between my email subscriber list and my social media lists. And so I, I put out this mass message and I said, please, if you are the praying kind, please pray. If you're the visualizing kind, visualize everything going well. If you're energy kind, I need all the good vibes I can get, like whatever. Please, please pray for me because this is what's happening. I'm going to surgery tomorrow. And overnight, I was added to prayer lists around the world in languages I can't even speak. And I just had this amazing outpouring of love and prayer over me. And I went into surgery, um, and then when I, when I came out, my doctor said, you know, while you were on the table, I had to do some research because we know you were diagnosed with a large part of, of the tumor that was there, and um, it was definitely, it was cancer, and, but I've never seen anything like this or sorry, there's small cell cancer, there's non-small cell cancer, and then there's this, this weird third thing. And this weird third thing, it's called mucoepidermoid, and um, I had to do research because I've never seen it. Over 20 years, Harvard University did a study. There were only 12 cases of this thing. What? And of the 12 cases, it never spread, it never came back, and nobody ever died. Wow. That's what you had. I removed everything. You're cured. Wow. That's a miracle. I don't know what is. It a hundred percent. Thank you, God. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, so that was, you know, and, and that was, I, you know, I test that to the, the, the fact that I was willing to open up and, and ask my network of people. And I, at that point, 
I've never been shy about my faith. I always talk about going to church and, you know, take do the different things that my family does and my kids do. And I sing in the choir and, you know, read at mass and all kinds of, you know, my husband says, my husband's an usher and my kids are servers and in the choir. I mean, like we're all in. Right. So I'm never, you know, I, I take pictures all the time. We're going to church, going to mass and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I really, I hadn't talked about it much very specifically. And so, you know, when I sent out this email, I'm sure it was a surprise that I was asking for this kind of prayer and help and, and, you know, just being covered in the Holy spirit. And so, but it was, it was just amazing what happened. So it's crazy too. If even the whole line of the story and thank God, like this miracle happened. And I would agree with you, like nothing else explains it but a miracle. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You know, a couple things that you basically got attacked let's say what was threatened was mm-hmm. your gift, mm-hmm. right? Your gift from a very young age, which was apparent in your delight at being able to speak in front of other people, mm-hmm. right? And asking mm-hmm. to be able to do more of that. So mm-hmm. clearly that was your gift. And I think a lot of people don't realize what they're really gifted to do mm-hmm. shows up very early. Yeah. And, and they discount it because it's so easy for them and they enjoy it too much. It's almost like, it's like you, you can't have something that is your gift if you haven't worked for it. No, no, no. That's a skill. A gift is a gift. You didn't work for it. It was given to you, right? Mm -hmm. And here you come forward getting traction and and sharing what you know and getting published and so popular bestseller. And where do you get threatened in your ability to make the most impact? Yeah. Right. Because you can't, I couldn't couldn't physically speak for three months. Oh yeah. Let's, Let's because they removed part of my lung. My brain was every breath I was taking. My brain would go, where's the lung? Oh, it's mm-hmm. not there. She shouldn't be able to breathe. Cough. Mm. So I would be able to get out about three to five words and then I would, and so my voice was very weak mm-hmm. and I could not, I couldn't speak a full sentence without coughing. And so I was on the couch for three months. And um, so this is the part of the story I don't always tell, but uh, I, th- I think your listeners will. Give us the meat. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was on the couch and I, I really, I didn't, I was, I was fully committed to my recovery. And so I wasn't going to work during that time. I had, um, the only thing that I really was wanting to keep doing and keep going was my weekly thing that I would do coaching with my clients mm-hmm. uh, for 30 minutes once a week. And so for the first few weeks, I had some guest folks come in who were friends who were in my work life who supported me and, and they were there taking all the questions. And then I would come on and I would, people would ask their questions and they would just have to listen to me hack my way through mm-hmm. the answer. But that was the only work I did. I did not even turn on my computer for those three months. I wow. did everything through my smartphone. I remember one night praying. I was very, very clearly. I was on the sofa and I, that's kind of where I was because I could be propped up a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't cough as much. And I remember saying, God, obviously you don't want me to speak right now as a speaker. This is all I know how to do. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you want me to do and I will do anything. Mm -hmm. Just tell me what you want me to do. Wow. And that night I woke up that morning and you know, you check your email on your phone, right? So anybody who's ever been um, an entrepreneur has probably had a day or two during their career, especially the earlier days where they said, you know what, just chuck it. I'm going to go get a job. This is ridiculous. I mean, I was a college professor. Yeah. I mean, like there were times where I was like, just, this is ridiculous. Just trying to, you know, go this uphill battle of being an entrepreneur is not so fun every day. 
No. And so I don't, re- I don't even remember doing it, but I must have gone on to one of those employment sites, you know, like a career.com or a monster or whatever. And, um, and like filled in my name and something or another and said that I was a communication expert because I have a master's in communication. That's what I used to teach. I got this email from one of these career sites that said an employer is interested in you. And I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's weird. So I opened the message and I read the job description. Annie, I kid you not, the job description was every single thing I was doing in my business. Uh, Everything. It was, it was training and working with the upper level executives of this organization to do speaking. It was speaking at conferences and trade shows on behalf of the organization. It was writing a newsletter. Now I had a newsletter at that point I was mailing every single week. Um, it was it was representing the organization on social media. I mean, like, are you kidding me? Every single thing, wow. word for word, what I was doing just would be for this, this, this company. I was like, well, okay, God, <laughs> I, will, I will apply. And so I, there were five questions. The first one was, what's your first name? The second one was, what's your second name? And like one of the other questions was, are you legally allowed to work in the United States? <laughs> I mean, seriously, there was not anything in this, in this thing. But I thought, I said to, my, I said to God, I said, all right, God. If this is really the kind of work you want me to do and you want me to, I will know that it's you. If I hear back from this ridiculous five question, what's your name and can you work legally? I'll know it's you. Next night, go to bed, say that prayer, wake up in the morning, check my email. Please submit your resume. I was like, well, all right then. (laughs) I got the validation. Thank you. So that I turned on my computer and I was like, I haven't done a resume in a decade. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So I put together my resume. I sent it off. And the interesting thing was I never heard another word. But because I had said, God, I'll know this is you telling me to do these things. I mean, it was the message was very clear to me. Keep doing the work that you're supposed to be doing that I've given you to do. Well, and the confirmation was in the randomness, (laughs) randomness, air quotes, Mm -hmm. of the job being essentially what you had been doing for yourself for years, right? So you said, if you don't want me to speak anymore, Lord, I will give it up. I will put it at your feet. And he's like, here's what I want you to do. No, you should still be doing that thing. Yeah, specifically. It's really funny. This, um, so when we live all these different places for baseball, I do spend a lot of time alone and you know, as a mom, I always had kids around me. I had my dog. I don't have my dog. I don't have my kids. My husband has gone every other week for a week. And even when he's home, I see him maybe two or three hours a day, maybe two hours in the morning and an hour and a half at night. Cause I'm already tired and he's awake. So I looked at, this is so weird. It's really similar to what you did. I was looking at getting a job just to get out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Just to have something to do. I have a little bit of stuff that I probably need to take care of financially with, you know, I like to contribute more. And so I had my, I have my own nutrition clients. I have some other coaching clients that I'm working with, but I was like, I need to get out of the house. I want to get a fresh perspective and I want to do some stuff. Literally applied for jobs, heard back, but didn't hear back. Like it just ended. They just dropped off. Like I was so perfect for them mm-hmm. and I had all the qualifications and whatever. And it was multiple times because I was even doubting. I was like, it was before the show was completely, you know, the all put together and everything had fallen into place. And I kind of got in a little bit of that negative, like, eh, should I even be doing this? I should just go get a job, you know, that kind of feeling mm-hmm. exactly what you described. And nothing panned out. And I really, really understand. It's not just feel. I mean, obviously I feel that, but I really understand that it was God saying, nope, I've set you on this course. Don't bail out. 
stay with it, stay with it. We know he doesn't leave us, but in those moments when I'm spending a lot of time alone with my own stupid thoughts, right? right, (laughs) It's a very vulnerable time to make some very dumb decisions or rash decisions. So it, it, you know, for it to, for him to work like that in your life, he does that for us all the time. We just have to have that trust. And I love how you set it up because I'm the same way. I'm like, okay, God, I'm really simple. Just give me the clear answer. Do I take the step to the left or the step to the right? Make it, you know, that is, that's incredible. That whole, that whole story is, is just amazing. And so now you're having confirmation that you should keep doing what you're doing and you're on the healing process. So let's pick it up there. Sure. So by January, so October 4th was my surgery. By January, I was back on stage full voice, ready to go. Hmm. And so my personal trainer husband loves this part of the story. What really brought my voice back was cardio. Uh, well, yeah, because it builds your lungs, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Absolutely. You know, it's training my brain like, oh, we really can do this. So, And, anyway. and, under, under, and under stress too, yes. where, where your body, your brain didn't have time to think too much. Right. That, hey, I can't breathe. You're like, I just got to breathe. I just got to <laughs> keep breathing. You override your brain sometimes, you know? Then at this past fall, which is as we're recording this, we're in 2018. So it was, it was about the end of 20, uh, middle of 2017. And probably uh, after I'd come out of being sick with, with cancer and, you know, 2015, my husband and I looked at each other and we said, you know what, we, why let's, we need to move. <laughs> we, we were living in Chicago. I had, I was my, I was born in Philadelphia. We moved when I was 10, when my dad got transferred and I lived in the Chicago area my whole life then at that point. And we said, you know, Every winter in February, we're like, why do we still live here? <laughs> and we said, you know, we're over the snow, we're over the crazy taxes in Illinois. Like, what, where could we go? And we looked at the map. I need an internet connection at an airport to do what I do. Like, I, it's a very, I can be anywhere, very flexible. And so we narrowed it down to three states. We picked Tennessee, and now we live in beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, with the mountains out my window, and we're down the street from lakes and, and hiking trails, and it's beautiful all time of year. We get all of our seasons, but winter is very minimal here, so which is fantastic. Love it. Um, so we still, but we still get to wear our cozy sweaters and that kind of thing, which I, which I still like to do. So anyway, so we moved here to Knoxville. And once we got here, I became, um, I guess, extra committed to my faith, I would say. I mean, I, I'd always, we'd always gone to church and my husband, he converted to, to be married to me. Our girls were baptized and it, you know, our girls were going to Catholic school. I mean, we were, we were very involved with our faith. But mm-hmm. my, my personal spiritual life and relationship with Jesus, I would say, deepened when we got here. Mm-hmm. And I really started to do um, what I like to call personal development around my faith. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to women's conferences and I was, um, I was, you know, taking classes and things like that to learn more about my gifts specifically from God. And, and interestingly in the personal development world and prior to that in the, um, in the communication world, I had taken tons and tons of assessments and things mm-hmm. like that and learned what my skills were and so forth. Now, almost three years ago, I did an assessment around my gifts from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and they're called charisms. And when I um, discerned my charisms through this, this testing, um, it came out that my top four were teaching, writing, encouragement, and something called helps where you, where you help other people right. you know, live their gifts. Mm-hmm. And gosh darn, if I wasn't already doing that as a living, like, wow, all those things all combined in my life every day. So again, that's just more confirmation from the Holy Spirit. Like, yep, you're doing what you're exactly. supposed to do. So 
And, you know, I'll just interject because I have a similar experience with, so I grew up Catholic as well, but changed Mm -hmm. over to a non-denominational church in my twenties when I had kids. I just, it just, I just, the evolution of my faith really. I remember doing a spiritual gifts assessment, which is essentially the same thing. And it came back as creative communication. Well, I had grown up in vocal music and whatever. And I ended up in a ministry that was all about, we did dramas and videos in our church to illustrate whatever the topic was for that, for that time. But fast forward, fast forward, you know, if you've ever taken strengths finder, I remember, I remember I took strengths finder. And if you guys have ever out there listening, haven't taken strengths finder, you have to do it. It is fascinating and fabulous. And I talk about it in my book as well, because for one I mean, I've done them all and, and I, they resonate and they pretty much are dead on. But when I read my five top strengths and they were strategic activator, winning other, winning others over positivity and communication mm-hmm. written and spoken, I felt like just knew, like it just solidified in my own mind. I'm like, this is the five words that best describe my gifts. And it was, it catapulted me in terms of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, not, and I know a lot of people get frustrated with assessments because they're like, they're like, don't put me in a box. Don't put me in a box. And I, I'm like, you're already in a box. You just don't know it because you are who you are. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we like to dance on the fix our weaknesses, work on our weaknesses. And there's a place for that. But like the fun happens playing around in your strength. Yeah. So actually I have a, I have one of my master's degrees is in training and education. And, um, and in fact, it's, it's, it's truly a waste of time to try to strengthen a weakness because when you strengthen a weakness, and then this is, this is academic studies over decades that have gone on to prove this over and over and over again. So let's just say you're bad with math, right? A lot of people feel like they're bad with math because they are. Right, so they are. Let's just say you're bad at math, but you go, no, I got to get good at math. I got to get good at it. I got to get good at it. So you take all these classes and you, you know, maybe you get tutors and you really work on it, work on it, work on it. You can get, ex- you can get incrementally better. But when you work on improving a strength, something that's already a gift that you've been given by God to mm-hmm. use in service of the, of the rest of the world, you can exponentially improve. Exactly. It's amazing. So even though you've got a gift, you can still learn about that gift. You can still improve and build on that gift from your own human understanding of it because we're not, you know, we're given a divine gift, but we are not ourselves divine. So we've got to evolve over a period of time exactly. with use of that gift. And so you, you just evolve exponentially and guess what? It's way more fun because that's what, that's your unique skill, gift, ability that God has given to you uniquely to use the way that that God wants you to uniquely use that skill, not trying to figure out and get better at the thing that you're terrible at. He gave somebody else that skill Mm -hmm. so that they can serve the world with that skill to stay out of their lane. (laughs) Do your thing. Yeah. And also I think it takes away the temptation to be jealous about someone else's gifting when you really can embrace your own and say, Hey, I got plenty to work with here. I can run with what I have. It's awesome. I love it. I have so much fun doing it. It's not like working at all. And I think that's another indication of where you have a strength and a gifting is it feels so easy. It couldn't possibly be what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and, and also the other part is when we have this set of strengths, the set of giftings, we can align with people who have complementary ones. 
For right? Sure. Absolutely. And, and, yes. And each of us gets to play in our, in our sandbox, mm-hmm. but yet interact with other people and appreciate their gifts and they appreciate ours. And it really just becomes a symbiotic thing. And then we can do that exponential growing together and building yes. exponentially. It's really yes. amazing. Yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite topics to talk about because I think people are so focused, like you said, either on their weaknesses, where they fall short of someone, you know, a comparison, which is a huge issue right now. Comparison. I mean, it always has been, but social media has made it just so terrible. The stuff they want you to see, they don't want yeah. you to see that you have, you know, no makeup on and your hair is a mess and your house is a mess. They don't want you to see that, you know, and granted, most people shy away from chaos, but at the same time, let's be real. And that's so part of what I'm about. And one of the key things is realizing your giftings, your strengths, your talents, even your skills fall into that too, because a lot of times your skills are born from a gifting. They become an ancillary, ancillary, is that the word? Ancillary? Yeah. Little sideline thing to what you're doing. And they become more that you have in your tool bag. And I think where people sometimes get depressed or they get really down on themselves in life is when they stop appreciating or recognizing what they do have in terms of abilities and talents and just focus on what they don't have or what other people have they wish they had. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I am a short girl. I'm 5'4". I'm a mesomorph. I'm kind of stocky. I am not going to be a six foot leggy supermodel, but you know what? My body does what I need it to do and more. And that is awesome right? That is awesome. And I learned to appreciate that. Stop Mm -hmm. thinking about being a leggy supermodel. (laughs) That's not going to happen. Yeah. So as I, as I deepened more in my faith and my relationship with, with God and and Jesus, I've been attracted to more people who also have been walking their path with, with God. And um, you know, as a result, I have been interviewed on various other faith-based podcasts, which has been wonderful, and been introduced to other people who work in that world. And so um, in 2017, back to this past fall, I was, um, I saw one of my colleagues, a friend who was posting, she's got a, another podcast, and um, her name is Shay Bynes, and she wrote a book called Grace Over Grind. And in her book, um, and I think you may be having her as a guest or something. Oh, we've already had our show. So stay She's awesome. Right. So, you know her. And so I, I saw her posting that she had been working on this book and then she said, Oh, it's out for advanced readers. Well, I've been an advanced reader on a number of books. And so I like sheepishly said, Hey, if you need another advanced reader, please say <laughs> yes. Please say yes. I want to read this book right now. And so I, she, she graciously allowed me to be her an advanced reader. And I am telling you, I read the book in one weekend. It changed mm-hmm. my life changed my life. And one of the things that she talks about in that book is how, uh, and it's funny how it never occurred to me that I should make God my business partner. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, invite God in my business. Yes, talk to, talk to God all day long, invite the Holy Spirit into to work. But, but to a, a deeper level, where I'm like almost God, God is a 51% partner, right? And I'm 40, like just surrender it to God and let, it, let God take my business. N- never occurred to me. I don't know why. Never did. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. And she said, you should start your day just like you would with any business partner. Start your day every day with a business meeting with God. And I was like, that's brilliant. I love it. I want to do that. So I called her and I was like, love the book, love everything about it. So tell me about this business meeting. You got an agenda, something like that? What should I do on this meeting? I need some steps. And she was like, no, just, you know, pray and whatever. And I was like, 
yeah, but I need an agenda. What are you going to do one of those? You're working on a workbook, you're doing something. And she was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I need some help. So I said, all right. So I sat down with my pen and my notebook and just said, okay, God, well, we're having a meeting. Here we go. (laughs) And so I did that for a few days and, um, and it was, and it was fine. And then about day three or four, I had this amazing experience where, and so I started writing and what came out was a step-by-step agenda of what God wants a business meeting with him to look like every day. Mm. And I was like, wow, okay. So I started following that and I was like, wow, thanks for the agenda. And so I started following it every day. And within a week or so of that, I heard very clearly in my spirit, make this a book. Hmm. And I was like, what now? Because at the time I was working on a whole nother book and a whole nother project. I was like, no, no, I'm doing a different project. And for about three days in a row, very clearly make this a book. And I was, by the third day, I was like, oh, if this is not an exercise in doing surrendering my life to God, then I don't know what, <laughs> like, why am I bothering? So, okay, fine. I will make it a book. Fine. And so um, it took about six days and I completed my fourth book, The Daily Business Meeting with God Journal. So awesome. And, and so I laid out the interior and I, I called Shay and I was like, before I went forward, I was like, Shay, so I'm feeling moved to do this thing, but I won't do it if you don't think I should, or I don't want to step on your toes. I'm not going to, you know, cause I really, I respect her and I did not want her to be like, Oh look, she's taking my idea and she's doing like, so I really, I wanted to make sure I had everything out in the open and I was fully prepared to say, well, forget it. I'm, it must be a different book you want me to do, God. And she right. was so gracious and so amazing. She was like, no, because God gave me something else to do. So if you feel like God has given this to you to do, you go do it. And I have fully endorsed it and I'm thrilled. And I said, would you write the forward? She goes, people don't write forwards for journals. I was like, well, mine is going to have one if you say yes. She goes, <laughs> yes, I'll write your forward. So oh she, my gosh. she wrote a short forward to the book. And, um, and so right in the daily business meeting with God, there's a little message from Shay and there's a message from me about how, the, how, how it came about. And then there's the guide. I did exact word for word. I did not change any of the words. I didn't edit anything word for word, the message that God gave me the day that I said I need an agenda. And he said, okay, here you go. You know what I, you know what I think is so powerful about that? It's, it's such a cool thing. And I hope that you guys, I'll put the uh, links to the book in the show notes. So you can, all the books and all about Felicia to always be in the show notes on my website. But what I think is really amazing too, is how God weaves things through us. So your experience with writing a book or whatever just highlighted, like the light bulb went on for you. 10 people, I read Shay's book. I didn't have that epiphany. God gave that to you. Right. God gave that to you because he knew you were the girl for the job. You were the girl who could do the job. You were the girl who wanted the job. You were the girl who received the job Mm -hmm. and took what he inspired Shay to do to another place. Mm-hmm. And I will say when you, I think it was right before you released it or maybe right around you re- when you released it. And I had already read her book because of you, because you had posted about it and raved about mm-hmm. it. And I started doing a daily business meeting with God. I have not kept up with it. And now you're reminding me, so now I'll go back to it and I'll get the book and that'll be even better. <laughs> but it was really so similar, my experience with that. And if you're not in business, 
and you run a household, you're in business. You know, you're the Proverbs 31 woman where you're, you know, taking care of real estate and the children and making clothes and, you know, doing the money and taking care of your husband and taking care of your job or whatever it is, you are running a business. Yep. So if you are not specifically building your own business, so to speak, and you're a stay-at-home mom, you still can benefit from having that first time. And it's not just quiet time with God. It's with a specific, like you said, purpose and agenda and plan. What's my priority today? And I haven't looked at it, but I know for me, it was like, all right, Lord, here I am. What's the yeah. priority? Or he would give me a verse and I would dig into the verse and then he would slowly unfold some of the things that he wanted me to be aware of, whether it applied to the business I was building or some issue that was going on. So I love this. This is so, this makes me so happy because like you, most people need structure. Mm -hmm. What came forth and what's in my, in the, the guided journal are just sections. It's just, it's just a way that you can just keep all of that recorded in one place and, um, and look back over your growth and, and, and that kind of thing and, and keep yourself organized, but do it using God as your guide, Absolutely. as your partner in your life and surrendering your day to God. And I found for me, that is just so very powerful. And the days that I do it, they feel less chaotic. And, and isn't that the way that he designed it? You know, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I remember the description of that was the grown-up oxen and the baby oxen. And when they're training them, they put the harness or the, you know, the, the yoke on the big oxen and they put a little side one on the baby oxen and the baby oxen thinks he's doing all the heavy lifting mm -hmm. and trained, but the big guy is really doing all of it. Yeah. And, and lest we take too much credit at the same time, we can take credit in the sense because we, you collaborated with God, you know, mm -hmm. he gave you that, he gave you this book as an opportunity to share your gifts with the world, but also help other people to grow theirs. And I, it's the coolest thing. And I love just imagining, and I am a picture person. I'm imagining this timeline that you just talked about and where God took you from the very beginning when you first noticed, because our, our personalities and our sort of uniqueness really start to emerge at seven or eight. And mm -hmm. so a lot of our first memories are those memories as we are coming into our own, right? That's when kids start to get maybe a little mouthy because they get independent, you know, and they just want to be like, this is my opinion and I'm going to tell you. But that whole timeline of like seven in church and then coming forward and then the way the enemy tried to stop you, stop your literal gift mm -hmm. by, you know, making it so that you couldn't speak and shut you down. And yet you, you know, the theme across all of it was just like, here I am, like, okay, Lord, would it, turn me in the direction you want me to go mm -hmm. or open the gate. You know, if, if this is a block, then remove it, you know? So it's, it's an incredibly powerful story that you've shared to get to this place of business meetings with God. And I love it. And I hope all of you will grab a copy of the book. I'll make it easy on you. Like I said, I'll have links in the show notes. And I think this is just like an excellent place to kind of wrap this up because I know I could keep this rolling for hours <laughs> and which is great because it just gives us the chance to come back and maybe we can just delve directly into the book and you can teach on how to do that, you know, how to maximize that in the future. That'd be great. Would you be open I would to love to. Awesome. Awesome. I have so many guests that you got to get the surface stuff and then come back and do the deeper stuff and, you know, get everybody used to you being around and, and that's awesome. So I love it. So Felicia, thank you so much, my friend, for being here. You are, like I said in the beginning, a light and an inspiration and so much energy and so much joy that just spills out of you. I mean, people that are listening to the podcast cannot see her beautiful face and definitely, you know, find the graphics because she, I mean, even her pictures, 
don't even do the justice to seeing her in person and seeing her just alive because she's just so much fun. So, oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you for being here. And for those listening, thank you also for being here and listening into the Bold, Brave, and Sassy show today. Be sure and check the website at annberryhill.com forward slash podcast to see all the shows there. There's a lot more shows that besides Felicia, tons of stuff we're talking about. And as always, my goal is for you to leave listening to these shows better than you came because you're encouraged, you're uplifted, you believe in yourself and that you can go out and live the unapologetic, confident life that God designed before you, before you were even born. So enjoy and hope you'll come back. Make sure that you subscribe on iTunes so you can get updated when all the new shows come out. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs>